1: back, and I am joined by our resident baseball expert and the host of Welcome to Vangerville, Mr. Chris Vanger. Hello. Hello, I'm here. Hello. Hello, welcome back. Are you
0: recording right now? Yeah, I just... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I can edit off the beginning if I need to. Oh, okay. Cool. Great to be back. Baseball's back. I'm so excited. The first pitcher just got signed in free agency. I've been just sitting here on my Twitter, just refreshing Twitter and waiting for these pitchers to sign because the free agent period started and the first one came off and that's it. And who was like, it? Where is all these signings? Who was it? Uh, Carlos Rodon. And where did is he the, sign? Ugh, somebody, I was, I it, it was really frustrating. I was. I have like the Major League Baseball app on my phone and i have it to give me notifications when angels things happen and the angels logo popped up and this picture went by and i was like yes but no he didn't come to the halos he went to the san francisco giants for two years on 44 million which i thought was pretty nice that's a really great deal and he has an opt-out after one year which is a really great deal for him
1: Yes, yeah, definitely a player friendly deal which uh i don't know I, I think might probably... be some, yeah yeah maybe see more of because you see these a lot of these guys send sign like you know 10-year deals didn't Mookie Betts sign like a 10-year deal when he joined the yeah, Dodgers? the
0: superstars are signing these massively long deals but that's a player-friendly deal because the player is getting a lot of their money like back-ended and it's also a team-friendly deal sometimes because the Mookie Betts deal specifically has he didn't make that much like in them winning the World Series and, and those years he's making more later on. So it helps the team out to win now uh, because you get to save money and spend it elsewhere. But later on, when Mookie's not producing the stats that he is now, he's going to be making a lot more money. Yeah. And I mean, so he, those deserve, are, he deserves it. it. No, he does deserve it. Um, but this is a really player-friendly deal, also a team-friendly deal. Um, two years, 20, uh, you have 22 22 million a year for this great pitcher. Dude was a beast last year for the White Sox. Like, he's coming out here, and he's left-handed. Yeah, yeah. and there's not, uh, I
1: mean, I don't know. It's still rare to have, like, a dominant left-handed pitcher in the majors,
0: but there's this a couple, a and that's why you this pay top dollar for him. This guy's a beast. He throws 98 to 100. He, I think he might have thrown a no-hitter last year, He and he also did it in the American League. Uh, I guess there, there's not too much difference as much with the pitchers going over leagues because the National League has a DH this year, which I don't really like. was that was that part of the collective bargaining during the labor dispute is that was agreed to before the negotiating started? It seemed like that was like one of the first things that everyone was like, "Okay, yeah, universal DH, uh, which I'm I'm fine with, but also don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: remember it being talked about uh, last season a little bit that they wanted to move forward with that. And I mean, for the most part, like the guys that are pitching, like they're specialists by the time they get to the pros, but like these guys are baseball players all the way up until that point. Like, they've been hitting their whole life. Yeah. I like the element of maybe having a pitcher who can hit being an extra level of threat that, you know, is now out of the game for the DH, so...
0: No, no, I like the pitchers hitting. I like the strategy aspect the most, I think. I think that's the National League. It changes also. So you, in normal, before this happened, American League pitchers would go over to the National League and you'd assume their stats would get better because they're not facing nine professional hitters. They're only pressing eight. Even though the pitcher is a professional hitter, he ain't. His he's, he's, Their averages are averagely, which doesn't make sense, way below. So I just feel like, But I love the strategy aspect because you have to pinch hit and use your roster better, Um, but that's gone. Just you get an extra hitter. So now it affects the National League rosters also because they need to sign that position. The best teams have a specific DH that is your DH every day.
1: Uh, It really opens up some options also to guys that are maybe not uh, the best fielders. Agreed. So now there's some contracts that can go around to somebody uh, or even guys who maybe would be a pinch hitter is now going to get some more opportunities. So it's
0: good. but Yeah, it doubles the teams interested in Albert Pujols this year. For sure. Uh, Speaking of strategic
1: changes to the game, uh, I was reading one of the changes, and we talked about it briefly yesterday via text, uh, Mm -hmm. is
0: the bigger base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Uh, next year. That's not this year that's 2023 I think is what I heard but it is something that ready. they had to
1: negotiate this season Correct.
0: during the labor dispute if I'm not but assuming. it's the next season right the bigger bases aren't built they're not ready yet I, feel I don't like know be stupid
1: I mean it makes sense like at first I was like it's dumb like what's the point and then mm-hmm. the more I read about it I'm like okay they're trying to encourage base stealing so you want a bigger surface area for the, the base stealer to yeah. have a chance to make contact with the bag that makes sense uh yeah they also said it they also wanna...
0: reduces injuries I think yeah. there's a lot of injuries that happen at the bases because the ba- it, it's in their eyes they think a bigger base less injuries uh yeah I would
1: need to see some data on that <laughs> because it's like yeah smaller surface area means well, like the guy uh with the ball and the guy without the ball are competing for a smaller area and right. that, therefore, there's going to be more injuries. But how many catastrophic injuries do you see in a year? On a lot. A, a I feel like base? you
0: see, you know what? All of these rules, Major League Baseball has to keep their stars healthy. And so maybe it's more closer to my heart. And I think that is because Mike Trout missed a whole season because he slid without his little mitt and mm. tore, tore his finger. Mm. So it's like whether a bigger base would have affected that or not. Maybe not. But I think just you're when you have all this action happening at the base... You know little kids i hate to say this but little kids when they play have a full base for them running and a full base for them getting the out in field they have a base that's an orange base that's off in foul ground that they want the kid to run through and i know that practice is running through but it also prevents injuries amongst kids because you're giving them a bigger surface to play oh you
1: mean down the first baseline
0: yeah down the first baseline
1: interesting uh i obviously don't watch children's baseball (laughs)
0: Oh, man, I, I, hey, I was coaching for a little bit for a couple of years. So you see it there. And also just I love Little League. I love I played Little League. I love the Little League World Series. I'll still watch it.
1: But I will say that the uh, the larger base was, I believe, tested in AAA Uh
0: huh. Yeah. and had some of the one. results
1: that they wanted, which I is guess, what,
0: more base dealing.
1: Yeah, I guess my question would be, you know, I don't watch baseball like I used to, but. As far as I can tell, I don't see the kind of base stealing numbers that we saw like in the, the late 80s, early 90s with like Ricky Henderson putting up like 50, 60 a year mm-hmm. uh, yeah. guys like Otis Nixon, Marquise Grissom going like 60, 70
0: for sure. Um, I think that but was that was pre, a smaller base pre steroids. That was like true baseball in those ages like that was just raw baseball. And then that was like pre-steroids era. And then the steroids era kind of created this home run. And the baseball is like, oh, we people love the home run. They're bringing us all this money. And I feel like the game kind of just got shaped by how it went during that era and the next era. And now you just have these young stud athletes stealing in Major League Baseball. It's like, oh, we love seeing Fernando Tatis hit home runs and steal bases. Oh, the MVP of the league pitches, hits home runs, and steals bases. So it's like, I feel like they want to see more base stealing get it back to that get it back to what it was when ricky henderson was stealing 70
1: yeah well i guess that's my question like ricky henderson was stealing those kinds of bases uh those numbers on smaller Mm -hmm. bases so no
0: for sure i I think that that was they are trying to overcompensate to bring it back to that like maybe this is another temporary thing just like everything i mean maybe just because it was covid but they're getting rid of the runners on second base i didn't mind that I thought it helped your team not have to and I'm a traditionalist. I'm gonna, I, I want the pure game and I'm fine with it coming back, but I didn't mind the runner on second base. And this was what the overtime rule or something yeah, like that the... to save on rosters because of COVID. They wanted extra in, some of these extra inning games where you have to score one run off these really good teams and these really good relievers and teams are tired cuz it's the third game in the series and they got to travel, it's the first blah blah blah. games could go 18, 19 innings and I love it as a fan but I also see how it crushes rosters for that whole week. Like I'd love to see the data on team's record after they played a 19 inning game. And so it creates a disadvantage. And I feel like that rule prevented those games. And it I love the bunt. I wish they bunted more. They're going to ban the shift. That's another rule with the base enlargement. They're banning the shift. Hate it. Hate the banning of the shift. Some professional baseball, you should let the teams be able to do whatever they want with their fielders and these professional hitters should have to adjust. But the fact major league baseball is like, oh, it takes away from their power because that's why they're shifting, because that's why they hit. And so it takes away from their power, no more home runs. I hate it. I hate the banning of the shit. I forgot where I was going, but I hate the banning of the shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I want to have all of my infielders on one side of the infield. Uh, as a coach, uh, it's on the guy at the plate to hit the ball the other way.
0: Agreed, right? And so I, I love, I love the runner rule. That's where I was going because of the bunt. If you have, if you have a man on second and nobody out, bunt. Like it's stupid that you're not, and because you get the man to third with less than two outs. And if you're a good baseball team, you can get a fly ball, you can get a ground ball, you can get a fucking run when there's a man on third and less than two outs. So I don't know why every one of these teams didn't bunt. They didn't. Yeah, but that's why I like it. Also, with the guy
1: on third, or even with the runner on second, like there's a lot of added pressure on the pitcher. And then if you bunt him over to third with one out, it's like, yeah, you can't have a pass ball or
0: you can't have a ball in the dirt here that the catcher can't handle. So I don't understand why these teams in bunt the bunt's gone away, bunt's not bringing the bunt, isn't bringing the fan. So they're not going to focus on it. But I do love that they're focusing on the stealing of the base. And uh, I think that. I would, I just, that's, that's small baseball and I love it. I have to go to close, open, close this door because the gardener decided to come on a day that he normally doesn't come. So I will be right back. All <laughs> you, right. It. you can edit this out. Take me out to the ball
1: game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. So it's root, root, root for. The Dodgers, if they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Seventh inning stretch is taking a little bit longer on this show than I anticipated. That's what happens with the baseball show. Baseball's got no time limit, no overtime rules. You never know how long an at-bat's going to take. But we're going to address that when Chris sits back down, because one of the other rules that got floated during the labor negotiations was, if I'm not mistaken, a pitch clock. And I'm all about this. Hello, Hello, sir.
0: Sorry to interrupt. The gardener comes like once every two weeks or every week sometimes. Don't know what he's doing. Sometimes he comes on Friday. He definitely has come between like this time on Friday, but he sometimes comes on Thursday. And so I guess I should have known he was going to come on Friday since he didn't come yesterday. I love
1: him. I love our gardener. He's the man. Anyway, that was our seventh inning stretch. And since we're back, we are going to discuss uh, the addition of the pitch clock that looks like it got agreed to. As Is that this year? Do you know? Well. Um, from what I'm reading, I can't see. Uh, it just says that well, no, they are going to institute a pitch clock that's between 14 and 19 seconds. And if they haven't figured that part out, I'm guessing that they are not going to institute it this year because they don't know how long it's going to be. But last year's average baseball game was Mm -hmm. three hours, 10 minutes, and seven seconds, which was the longest in history. And I have no problem with the pitch clock. I've wanted baseball to get sped up for over a decade. A huge part of the reason I stopped watching is just because – baseball is a sport that has stubbornly tried to avoid uh technological advancement wherever they could um we every saw that every sport does that <laughs> well we saw the institution of uh like a digital strike zone with a there's a chip inside the ball so they can track like how far it goes like all this stuff right
0: mm-hmm. yet
1: they want to keep umpires employed because umpires have a union too so These guys don't want to be put out of work by a robot that tells Mm. you whether or not uh, you're safe at first. Like, they were super resistant to instant replay for a long, long time. And I'm like, okay, I get the thing with the umpires. Like, they have a union. They have jobs. They're part of the game. You don't want to take out that element, especially with the guy, like, Mm. behind the plate where different kinds of umpires call the game differently. It's just when things come down to a judgment call, it's tough to see a ball that we see on TV. Like, this is a strike and the umpire is going to say no, and it's an important game. Like, it really starts to hurt in the playoffs because now all the eyes are on it. But yeah. I will say that something like uh, a pitch clock is good. I've always wanted that sped up. And I also think unlimited timeouts in the batter's box is just stupid. You step in, you're ready to hit. Mm-hmm. You have time in between each pitch to look at your coach and talk about what you want to do. Mm -hmm. When you're in that box, maybe you get one timeout per at-bat. You don't get to
0: constantly stop and tell the referee, just like, no, I'm not ready for it. Do you think that there's a lot of at-bat, percentage of at-bats you think where guys are calling more than one timeout in an at-bat? uh
1: it happens almost every time i watch a baseball game because like think about an at-bat that goes like six seven eight pitches right like uh-huh. those those are not necessarily super common but they happen enough to where what you're
0: saying what are you saying because like, like if i'm in a seven or eight pitch up bat, right now there is a i step out i have a certain amount of time before i have to get back in correct right so if there's a foul or something you pretty much get a timeout because then the clock starts over and or whatever like i don't know how it works but what are you saying? That you're saying that someone steps in the box, is ready to hit, and then calls timeout, and then it's like, okay, and then they come in for another at bat. This throughout that at bat, they call it a timeout multiple times. Yes. Yeah. I I'll, think just I'll eliminate look for it more this year. Yeah,
1: eliminate that. I mean, because
0: there's already there's
1: it, already yeah. so many built-in stoppages. Like you need to try and trim the fat wherever you can. And so like the pitcher the pitcher is the guy that is dictating the pace right so he's the guy who has to have like his foot in a certain position in order to throw like he's the one who's going to get penalized for a balk so the at bat needs to be dictated on the pace that he's working at so i get yeah. like why the timeout is in the game because they don't want the uh the guy at the plate to be completely disadvantaged by the pitcher's pacing but both of them should have a time so if you institute a pitch clock then yes i think it totally makes sense to limit the number of
0: timeouts you get in the box. yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think that uh, I, I think I need to see how many at bats that's actually happening in that you're getting more than one time out if that's adding on to the how long the game goes. It's just a hard sport, so I'm fine. Fi- I feel like these people should just like let these guys do what they do,
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. But the problem is that that hasn't worked out so well, in regards to yeah, it's a long ass game, it's gonna be a long ass game, regardless of you do all this. Shit. Like, so what, what if it's 2 hours and 45 minutes on average that's going to be a better people are going to like baseball better. <laughs> um yeah. Because yeah. honestly I think here one of my undesired superpowers
1: is that every time I go to a baseball game in person it goes mm-hmm. to extra innings and I can't stand it. So you, I'm like I don't want to be here anymore. I'm yeah, like so you, I enjoyed the game while it was going on but now like I'm invested I want to
0: see who wins mm-hmm. and Traffic is going to suck getting out of here. I mean, that's maybe more but of an these L.A. Are all problem. Out, these are all <laughs> circumstances outside. I, I'm, I'm saying when that happens to me, I'm like, man, this is so lucky. We get to see free baseball. We didn't pay for this baseball. We paid for only nine innings, and they're going to give us free baseball, and that's a great game if it goes to extra innings. So I feel like I'm on the opposite side of that spectrum.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a baseball
0: purist, but yeah. So I'm
1: guessing my next floated idea you wouldn't like. What about what is? baseball games ending in a tie after the 10th inning if nobody scores, no hate it there's so many games though you get like i mean because like you look at uh, hockey it's a
0: hockey rule and it's like one of the things i hate about hockey and soccer and the fact that it can't even time i know football can end in a tie but i would prefer them just keep playing sudden death every game like someone's gonna score (laughs) but yeah you want to talk about things that like extra innings that kill your roster like
1: that's what does it so make an overtime frame if nobody scores in the overtime frame, you could even change it. Like maybe you get five five batters in the overtime or something like that. And I don't know. There's ways to adapt. Uh, they're changing the NFL overtime rule. and They you know, went
0: back to the pure form of getting a run because it's hard for these guys to battle through nine innings. And it's 1-1. And then all of a sudden, this guy, they haven't hit this one pitcher the whole game. And now he's got to pitch out of the stretch with the man at second base. And it just... It, they didn't want the game being decided on that type of technical computer rule formality. So they wanted to go back to making it harder for you to score that one run to win because it should be hard because of how
1: how much the battle was. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to score in baseball in general for the most part.
0: So no, of course, it's not going to get hard. easier,
1: but like maybe cap it at three innings of overtime and just be like, you know, we're not going to have this game go 18 innings. That's ridiculous. It's a whole mm. second baseball game.
0: I think it's an aspect of baseball that I really like, that it could just go on forever if one of these teams can't get a run. These are professional baseball teams. They should be able to get a run at some point with all this talent that is the best talent in all of the world. You can't get one run. What is happening? What are these coaches doing? What are these players doing? And so I feel like if you can't get it for a year, that's punishment on you guys, that you got to keep playing this immaculate game Till 21 23 25 innings if it had to be yeah i
1: mean if i'm if i'm the manager in one of those games i'm like we're just gonna you know concede we're gonna throw some batting practice pitches up there and just go home and that's a save on, save our roster
0: exactly that's a choice of the of the coach
1: well then they got to change that but you're talking about soccer like soccer has a shootout but there is also there's a tie frame so you tie then you play like a, a small extra frame. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't get that, you go to the shootout. And then if no one wins the shootout, you're done. Same thing. In it's a different type
0: of game. It's a different type of game. That works in that game, in my opinion. In this game, it, it just, it's, it's I don't know. All right. Well, I'm looking out for the best interest of baseball long term because the
1: sport is dying. No, I know. I mean, that's v- exciting. Viewership uh, is down every year. Uh the, the average age of the baseball audience is getting older and older. Mm-hmm. So how do you attract new talent or not new talent? I'm sorry. Uh new fans. Like you need think, to, you need to keep the game fresh and you need to like institute the technology that's available to help make that happen. So I think like finally conceding mm-hmm. to use replay was a big part of like the one thing that they could do that they've been resistant on for 10 years. They finally I, adapted. And I love that.
0: I just think that I don't know. I think that the kids of the people that love baseball will continue to go back to baseball and baseball will just be there. And then, so I know that they're losing money, but I think the reason one of the reasons they're losing money is just the way they run the game. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, these franchises make billions, millions of dollars. And I know it takes a lot to to get it and they're losing. I don't know. I, I just think that I'm, again, I'm on the side of the game is perfect. So I'm not the right person to ask these, these rules to. I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll do anything but I just think the younger players will attract more people what I will say one thing about the overtime rule that I think baseball is really trying to get to is getting the best players in the best situations in crucial moments at the end of the game because of the way the lineup works and the math and and sometimes the worst players are in the game in the bottom of the ninth inning Mm -hmm. so I am attracted to a rule that would want to see how it goes of changing the game to where a team gets an they could choose the order they want for this inning. Yeah. Right. I, like that's similar to what hockey does with their shootout and soccer. It's
1: like you yeah. have your best scorers and your best uh, shooters available for that,
0: uh, like the penalty kick, basically. You, you play three innings. If no one scores, then that next inning, you can choose the lineup that you want to send out there. Love it. And, and uh, I mean, even if you want to, you could just be, how about this ninth inning, you could choose the lineup in the ninth inning you can choose whatever lineup you want to put out there i mean i'm down for that but i don't think uh they a, lot of, a lot of teams are not
1: going to like that if you if you did it as like hey we're an extra inning so like we're starting like a new frame here we're tied it's basically zero zero both teams are going to get to take their three best hitters and put them into the batter's box for this yeah. first at bat and then we'll go from there
0: i'm not mad at that actually because pitchers can pitch they can throw whatever pitcher they want exactly so if you want to, then in the ninth inning, you would get the best hitters in the best situations. And if this team can't win, then. Exactly. So you're you getting a great the, shot. You're also getting
1: the star players on each team. So it's actually the people that or the players that the fans want to see in those situations. Yeah. in the that rather than some moment. pinch hitter who hasn't played uh, in like three games and he's coming out and he's batting like 170, but he's a pinch hitter and he just fingers crossed that this guy comes up with a, a big hit right now.
0: Yeah, innings one through eight, normal lineup. After the eighth inning, everyone in the whole freaking stadium knows that this ninth inning is a wild card lineup. Fireworks time. And then the ninth innings would start and the pitcher, they'd have to announce who was pitching, right? Mm -hmm. And then let me ask you a question. Should it just be, okay, The first batter up is such and such. Do you have to deliver a lineup card to say who your three are? So at least the managers know pitching wise what they might have to deal with. I think in terms of fairness yeah but like that way the managers
1: also would have basically like a kind of like a pre-designated list before the game of like if we're going to face a right-handed hitter like this is our three if we're going to face a lefty this is our three and so it's not something that because you don't want it to be like oh the managers are going into deliberation like we'll be back in half an hour when they figure out what they want the lineup to be I'd mean,
0: i argue this that that like in certain games certain hitters might just be locked in that you didn't think in your pre-game three-man lineup they and so you want to be able to use them in this three-man lineup so i think that i would have it where at the after the eighth the managers reconvene in the commercial break and deliver their three-man lineup card for each for that inning and then should it be each preceding inning (laughs) the only thing about this is it'll give it'll give extra at-bats to guys and they'll have chances to you know break records because there's more opportunity in this game. If, you know, uh, what, Mike Trout has already batted four times, he's going to get a fifth at bat, sixth at bat in a game. That's yeah, a was, rule that needs to be ironed out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean,
1: shit, that's better than what they came up with this offseason, though. Yeah. Uh, there's already asterisks all over the record book anyway. So what's a few more?
0: Agreed. Or, or maybe just have
1: like if you if you're if you're gonna do that like three-man lineup going into extra innings only like we're gonna change the the extra innings really what happens
0: the next inning another uh, new three-man lineup or do i have to deliver a new full new game or like nine man like this is the order because what if it gets beyond the three-man who's my fourth hitter i'd say right? yeah you can either you, you have your... to deliver a
1: whole new lineup yeah, maybe you, maybe you have the opportunity to rework the lineup. That's choices given to the manager. Like starting now, like you can change what you have in the game, but once you set it, it's set. So you get the option okay. to switch so, the lineup at that so point. So this
0: is now the ninth inning lineup switch. After the eighth inning, you can switch your order around to line up the best for with your best hitters in those three and line up for a big inning if you want that. So every team would do it, especially if you were down 8-4 going into the ninth, right? Normally you'd have seven, eight, nine coming up, but now you can flip the order and have one, two, three started off down four runs. I guess that kind of works. Yeah,
1: I'm fine with it being an extra innings only rule because the current situation has it ironed out that each batter gets three at bats under the current system. So if that's only for extra innings, like we're going to extras, we get to adjust the lineup yeah. heading into I overtime. Like that. Yeah, that's a good rule, honestly. Like you get the best hitters to start. So you give your teams 10th the- inning. You give both teams a better chance to end the the overtime sooner by putting the best hitters on the front yeah. side. And then if they can't score then, it's like, all right, well, now you actually have to work your way through it in the following innings. That's a good rule. Major League Baseball, I know you guys are not listening to this,
0: but you should. I'm that is a good rule. A so the you lineup, <laughs> the, the nine-inning game is over. Mm-hmm. We start a new game. Tenth inning is not where the last guy in the ninth got out. It's one through nine. I'm with that. Yeah, that's a good rule. It's a, it's an easy change too. It'll make the game more exciting, and
1: you know what? If it doesn't work, like you don't have to stick with it. I'd say try it out maybe in AAA, see how it goes, uh, and from there, mm-hmm. you know they can institute it like they did with the base stealing.
0: Um, we ha- called it first. That's gonna happen. That's I too so. smart. I hope so. so. T- it is. There's this whole thing about extra innings and wanting to get the best games in the best players in the best moments because that's how baseball would become. More popular with the youth, more viral highlight moments. The NBA is very popular with the youth. I follow House of Highlights, and House of Highlights is a really smart, great follow that's been influential on society. That you're just they're just showing cool highlights from the night sports. It's like literally taking out sports Like all I have on is highlights and the audio. I don't need the, the commentators, yeah. and it's just short highlight, short highlight of what's happening in the NBA. Baseball needs that, right? Baseball needs more of those really special guys getting excited moments, and then those moments being viral amongst society. And that's what will attract people to come to the game. The they will come. And I think, I think with the NBA, it's like also you get like,
1: like a lot of the time I'm watching NBA highlights and I see like, oh, this great play happens. And I'm like, yeah, but they're down 10 with a minute left in the fourth quarter when that play happens and they end up losing. So it's like, yeah, it's a great highlight and people are focused on it, but like they lost the game. So to me, you do something like that with baseball where it's like all these highlights are going to be in the most crucial time in the game. Like whatever's happening in those overtime frames, like those are going to be game deciding plays. Yeah. So I think that's good for baseball in terms of uh, it's fingerprint on the highlights because now, like, if you watch Sports Center top ten and like baseball is involved, it's usually like this guy makes an amazing catch. But how often is that catch like the difference in the game? Or uh, like a guy makes a great backhanded stab on a, a shot down the third baseline Yeah, throws a guy out at I mean, first? Like major those-
0: play within the game, but at the yes. cr- deciding moment of the game, it's you're right. It's not as it's not as impactful. And I'm with you with all, all the right. NFTs and everything coming out. Like the more viral moments they have. The more money they can make the more people that will come to the games uh it's the these young kids they're just doing the things jennifer and i got invited to a a birthday party from a younger person turning in their mid-20s uh on saturday and it's at a place that jennifer and i used to go to when we were younger in that age and it was cool but as we got older no one went and now these kids just cycle through everything so i feel like they'll cycle through baseball (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, like baseball has the history.
1: It has the talent. I was telling Kristen this in the car the other day when we were talking about the labor dispute and what was going on. I was like, I think there's a good argument to be made that like the actual like pure baseball is maybe better now than it's ever been before, because they've they've had to deal with the steroid issues so they're much more strict about that the average player at every position is a much better athlete than i would Mm -hmm. say they used to be like in the 80s and 90s so you actually really have a good game of baseball that just doesn't get attention in the way that it used to so how do you fix that when it's like hey look the sport is maybe better than it's ever been in terms of like the athletes playing it and the quality of play that's happening so how do you adjust to actually like make that value translate into the fans eyes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like Shohei Otani made a lot of people money last year. For sure he did. And so I think baseball, if they were there in their interests, and it's just like in the NFL where these younger coaches have better ideas, like why can't there be younger baseball coaches that have better ideas about players' abilities? And I would think that after seeing a guy like Shohei Otani, you don't think there's another person coming along like Shohei Otani, you're crazy like they're gonna get more players like that i don't think i think in the next couple years you're gonna see a kid that can hit and pitch just as well as shohei so more gnarly athletes like that especially there's a, a talk over the international draft right you need more i think personally more international players better for the world aspect of the game not sure what other people would say about this how getting the game big in the united states but you don't think Shohei Otani made a bunch of money outside the United States for people? Oh, of course. Right? He did. Just watching him. I think and I so, think you're
1: right about that too. Like baseball has a good global footprint. Uh yeah. like it's
0: huge in Japan, like it's big in the Dominican Republic. Uh and this is the league. This, this is, is the league you want to play in. I know that the Japanese have their league and it's a great baseball league, and other areas have a great baseball league, but you want to play in the major league baseball. You do. But I'm saying like there, it's not like the rules translate like, uh,
1: like all that drastically from one to the other. Yeah. You, you've seen good Japanese baseball players come over and sign for big contracts uh, and play in the majors. I mean, Ichiro's arguably one of the very best baseball players to ever do it. The okay. fact that he came over at the age that he did and still had 3,000 hits is absolutely ridiculous. The guy had a yeah. bazooka for an arm and was a fantastic fielder, great base runner, uh, led and the league in batting and hits
0: many times. And that's why the international draft was so important in their discussions. Um, There's a whole thing behind the way people would get, you know, international players here. And I think they're trying to regulate that. Um, And they're still discussing that, probably. I think they just put that on hold. But there's going to be more amazing international players. What What was that tournament? Is it the World
1: Baseball Classic? Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of?
0: Yeah, I feel like that happens once every four years or something three or four years
1: that to me is exciting like (laughs) as someone like that grew up with baseball like i like that to see like this is what this country's like baseball product looks like and oh wow they can really compete with like the best players from the u.s that says a lot and i think that does a lot for the the brand of baseball like in each of these countries yeah um so bigger global Footprint. I mean, there's been guys who are, I mean, like a Pedro Martinez or David Ortiz or, you know, Vladimir Guerrero, these kind of guys that come over and that are like superstars uh, in baseball. Mm -hmm. That opportunity is there for uh, a wide range of players. So expand the draft.
0: Expand the draft. Exactly. There's a lot of football stuff happening too.
1: I know the Uh, Deshaun Watson news just broke as we uh, started recording.
0: So, what he's no criminal complaints. So he's free of charges.
1: Yep. So the Deshaun. The so now these teams that are like, oh man, we were going to get Jimmy G. We like the Washington's like, man, we we acted way too fast on Carson Wentz
0: because Deshaun's <laughs> available and he's not bringing the baggage of the legal case with him. The NFL still has to rule, and I feel like just like you know that another player in the opposite, Trevor Bauer, same thing. Trevor Bauer's like very confident that he's going to play baseball for the Dodgers, and even Dave Roberts was like said something like. Today, I am keeping the door open on Trevor Bauer potentially being with the Dodgers. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, even though he got no criminal complaints, it still came out that he was into this, you know, consensual beat up sex type of thing. And this girl saying one thing blah blah. I think in L.A., it's going to be tough for him to step foot on a Dodger baseball field. Do you agree?
1: Uh, probably in L.A., yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not going to get a job somewhere else. And I think the common thread between them is that both leagues have strong players' unions. Mm-hmm. So, like, how is the NFL going to rule against Deshaun
0: Watson when the
1: criminal case, uh, yeah, but if, done, if they're cleared? The
0: cap- well, I know baseball has done that before, to where a, a guy was cleared of criminal charges, but if it was the domestic view t- at all, you'd get suspended. I think Julio Urias didn't get any criminal charges but he was suspended for 21 games because of his domestic abuse charge yeah i mean
1: watson lost the whole season but that was not levied by the nfl itself
0: uh exactly so it will be interesting
1: to see what happens um there's a chance that i mean he ends up on seattle they're in need of a quarterback quarterback sorry Um,
0: about your boy russell that's a trade
1: it's okay i talked about that yesterday with uh another friend of mine yeah here, i saw that what, what, what was
0: your feeling i didn't haven't listened yet uh my feelings were generally that
1: i understand i don't think denver is immediately taking that division just because russ is there and we've talked about this at length over the last like year or so is that We've seen regression for Russell Wilson, regardless of the finger injury, like we've seen his decision making go downhill as well in certain situations and the whole let it let Russ Cook era led to him having poor second halves of the season after starting really hot and being the MVP favorite so you know I think there's some common threads there that will carry over to denver i like his i like his receiving core in denver and they're going to be fun to watch but i will not be cheering for the broncos um everybody from that seattle team that i was a fan of is now gone so i don't know that i'm even cheering for the seahawks this year you know bobby's not there doug retired uh yeah russ is gone like i, I feel bad for Lockett. it's still there yeah, I like Lockett and Metcalf, but at the same time, like Lockett was not part of that original team. He was drafted uh, after that. So after. It, yeah, it was initially uh, Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin, and Jermaine Curse were the three with Zach Miller as the tight end, uh, and Marshawn as the running back. So like that was the Legion of Boom team that I that was a good know, team was attached to. So I sent
0: an over emotional tweet out today that I should probably delete, but this one Madden gamer that I follow, he's one of the best Madden gamers in the in the Madden community's name is D Croft he's and I follow him. you know it's my aspirations to be a professional Madden gamer he is a big Seahawks fan Mm -hmm. and he sent out a tweet saying like because he probably got a lot of hate from 49er fans when Wilson was traded because the 49ers community was very excited to see Russell leave Uh the division (laughs) we've lost many a game to Russell Wilson and I think the only big win we had against Russell was literally by a yard If i remember correctly yeah Um, usually russell took us down and he was very frustrating uh especially watching every single game where we just couldn't get pressure on him like even when the pressure would happen he would escape the pocket and usually throw a dime rainbow to lock it or whoever uh and just came up with so many big plays i'd have arguments with my one friend who was a big seahawks fan uh when kaepernick was at the height of his you know abilities and winning that he was going to be better than wilson i was wrong wilson was is, uh, was amazing on that team so a lot of 49er fans were probably giving this kid hate he's a dude he's a man not a kid he, i mean he's in his 20s probably but he came out and was like yeah it's crazy that the biggest 49ers accomplishment over my lifetime was russell wilson getting traded to denver and i was very offended by that because he has a lot of <laughs> <laughs> i was very offended by that cuz he has a lot of point to it because we've lost a lot of super bowls in those 10 years uh, and been in big moments and lost a lot of games to the Seahawks so maybe he's right and I appreciate that joke but I was very uh, overly emotional I was tired probably and so I sent a tweet out being like I don't know why they even wrote about like it's crazy that Russell Wilson only got one Super Bowl with all that talent like something stupid like that like I'm an idiot. Fair point though I mean. No it, I know but I shouldn't have wrote that he was his joke was funny. It, it, it
1: was I mean like what I've seen is that like people that I know on Twitter that are Broncos fans, like it's been incessant since the trade happened where it's just like Russell Wilson's our quarterback, Russell Wilson's our quarterback. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get the picture. I get like that. You didn't have your quarterback situation figured out for a long time. And now like, it's hard to believe that Russell Wilson's playing for you, but like pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see if you guys have success with Russ. Uh, And plus you traded him while he still had mileage left on his contract. So like, he's not necessarily your quarterback for the future either. He's just your quarterback for this season, at least right now. That's
0: Denver's MO, though. It Denver's is. MO is get their this quarterback who has a couple good, really, I mean, they did it with Peyton, right? Yeah. Uh, and and it worked out. And I feel like they've tried to do it recently. It hasn't worked out as well. That's true. Since Peyton, they've had, I don't know, a dozen quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so this is John Elway's mo i think is trying to get these quarterbacks with some great years left russell still how old is russell he's 32 i believe yeah he's got th- he's got three four five great years left if he if he gets them to the playoffs which is a task in itself yes right you're telling me that three teams are coming from the afc west in the playoffs the chiefs chargers and the the what team is it the chiefs chargers and the raiders raiders chargers didn't make it but the raiders did Right. But I'm saying now Denver is the Raiders are going to be really good too. They just signed Max mm-hmm. Crosby. They got Josh McDaniels. I, I feel like, are they going to trade Derek Carr?
1: They might, but it's like, what do you get from him and who needs him? Like, okay, he'd be a good fit on Indy. Like, I think it would put him in a position where you have a team with a better defense, a solid run game, like good receiving weapons. Uh, then Indy maybe draft some speed at receiver, uh, maybe shore up the tight end position. There were some good tight ends at the combine. So, yeah, but now that Deshaun Watson's legal troubles are, you know, purportedly behind him, he's going to shoot up to the the number one contender at quarterback for a lot of these teams. And it's going to oh, change yeah. the landscape of where Jimmy G is going to go, where uh, Derek Carr may end up and just, you know, what that the, might what the future so of quarterbacking looks like because Watson still has $40 million
0: attached to his name he that's probably what the whole I'm waiting for this Jimmy Garoppolo trade like it's I'm waiting for something to happen in Major League Baseball and I'm waiting for Jimmy G to get traded for that second round pick and we can move and I can move on and focus on who my next quarterback is going to be that's what's the holdup? the holdup was seeing what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and now that he's free all these other teams that were involved in getting I mean I don't think he's absolutely free but we're saying all these women were lying like what's happening like this was a consorted effort I need facts here what's happening well, it it's not necessarily that they're lying, but it may be that the
1: criminal case against him just is not able to go forward at this point. Both yeah. things can be true. So which yeah. team which team is desperate enough for a quarterback that they're going to just be like, yeah, we're going to overlook this and believe that our culture is going to be good enough. You know, because what the Raiders trade Derek Carr and then try to make a move for Watson. Like, I think that's a horrible scenario for him. Like, end up in Las Vegas is going to be worse than it was in Houston.
0: (laughs) In regards to his off the field uh, addictions and attractions. and Yes. Tough. So maybe it's in his best interest to go to what? what, Pittsburgh? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh has had some reclamation
1: projects. They... He had Michael Vick as their quarterback after he got out of jail. So, and Pittsburgh's you know, they're willing to look the other way on certain sexual assault issues that happen off the field at the quarterback position. So, Steelers their fans
0: might, were stuck with Ben Roethlisberger. And it was reportedly he was, you know, raped a girl in the bathroom. This is what the rumor was. That's a rumor. Uh, Who knows?
1: I don't was. know. You know, I didn't. I really didn't I just, like
0: him after that. He I didn't said, either. He said, but. But But the the city city of Pittsburgh followed him after he won. So I guess you're right. That's a good look at
1: how celebrated Ben Roethlisberger was when he retired this season. And it was like, we're not even mentioning the fact that
0: this happened. I think it was settled in a civil case. Um, probably she probably, I mean, if it's in, if you do something like that, it's in your best interest to give this person as much money as you can to try and not have it go public. Yeah. Uh, You have the money to afford it. You made this choice. You're trying to avoid the consequences of you losing your job. And, uh. Since it I
1: worked. was not 100% familiar with it, we're gonna uh, I'm gonna read this. It says lawyers for Ben Roethlisberger and a woman who accused him of raping her at a Lake Tahoe hotel mm. in 2008 have reached mm. a settlement that ends her civil lawsuit against the Steelers quarterback. And this was published in 2012. So, yes, they reached a civil agreement and the lawsuit ended. Uh, so that's what
0: happened with Kobe, right? Uh, yes. Kobe celebrated. Kobe is yeah. the Kobe's a god here in that way people don't even people that's just had he made a mistake or did he
1: that's that's a question for another day that i don't have the answer to uh but considering what happened with him just a couple years ago
0: we're not gonna go into that right now oh yeah no i know like i shouldn't have brought it up i'm just saying i'm just trying to compare it to other things Sorry.
1: No, it's it's a fair point. That's why I brought it up with Watson going to Pittsburgh if available because they're a little forgiving with their uh, their reclamation project when it comes to Steelers football winning. Right. I never thought Michael Vick was going to play in the NFL again, but he comes back out of jail and plays for the Steelers and actually played pretty well for them. So would not be surprised to see Watson end up there the Steelers should have plenty of cap room especially I think Juju's moving on Roethlisberger's contracts gone mm-hmm. uh someone else uh Connor's gone so really all of their like big contracts are mostly he, off the books at this point
0: if he goes to the Steelers they're the favorites in that division right I would think so yeah you gotta
1: I mean he hasn't played football in a year but at the same time like you got you know to think crazy? that halfway it's, through the season he'll start to get in the rhythm again
0: that dude was like model number model A for the NFL quarterback this dude helped off the field he built houses he was such a great person like squeaky clean and was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL like he's so fun to watch he, and this happened so can he get back to that can he get back to even I would hope bit. so. I mean, I think it's in his best interest to work. Can he be a leader in the locker room? Are these guys going to forgive him?
1: Seems uh, like all these
0: guys do the same things. You know, you, what? Ridley got caught for gambling 1500 bucks. Miss is going to miss a whole year. You don't think other players are gambling on the NFL? Yeah, I, I think Ridley's you suspension can is way too harsh. You can gamble on the NFL as long as you don't gamble on the NFL. Yeah.
1: Which I think is fair.
0: I think like, it's, that's such a tough thing to police.
1: It's it's a little two-faced for a league that sells me fucking casino commercials every commercial break.
0: It's They had to join join
1: our sportsbook, join our sportsbook, but Ridley, yeah, you gamble $1,500, bucks, you are done for a year. Meanwhile, like this guy who has sexual assault case against him, this guy who's got domestic violence case against
0: him, eh, you know, three, four games, we're going to
1: just have you miss a
0: month. Just no, I know, they're that. terrible over that. I feel like they needed to come down hard on this person because they knew it was happening in the league and they're hoping to stop it yeah they're
1: like it looks bad because now you're starting to question whether or not the games are fixed and they really don't want people thinking about that especially while they're trying to promote these gambling sites so exactly they, they had to bring the hammer down um poor calvin yeah he didn't he didn't deserve that sentence but he's young he'll be okay in a year and he'd probably get out of atlanta
0: yeah. don't go to vegas though don't they go gotta to vegas. get some good players who vegas yeah. They, I mean, yeah they signed max crosby
1: they did and he's fine mad, mad max is great is there uh, something
0: to be said that max crosby is sober uh yeah i mean is that, that a bit more
1: attractive player to the las vegas raiders i would think so i mean you get because <laughs> if you have a <laughs> if you, if you draft some players that like the nightlife and you have them living in vegas like you're asking for it. I mean, it's we all knew before the team went there that having a team in Vegas was a bad idea, and it's like within a year of being there, it's like yep, it's a bad idea. But now they're stuck there for whoever knows how long, and they got a great stadium. Uh, so you really just have to have like great discipline from the ownership, from the coaches, and it has to all you know start at the top. And
0: if well, they you don't, got McDaniel's. Yeah, so it's and that's a Belichick. A disciple who it was a probably you could argue the best at reclamation projects and guys that hadn't been nearly what they should have been he they go there and he makes them what they should be yeah and he's got a history of cheating himself so the Raiders might actually be really good this year (laughs)
1: uh
0: that's the toughest division that is the toughest division in football and it sucks that the NFC West has to play them because the 49ers have to see all four of those teams yeah
1: well they gotta they gotta make sure that Russell Wilson's uh denver debut gets as um, as much airtime as possible
0: oh of course of course so i mean i'm
1: okay with him long term uh in denver it's like hey it's another another uh afc contender to have to go through they should be better they should make the playoffs uh whether or not they're able to compete to take that division playoffs I mean, what were they? Seven and nine, or something? Seven and ten this past year. Like they were close, uh, and they were competitive, even with a team that I didn't think was like really that good. Uh, so I think they they can make the lead, they, they can get to ten wins.
0: Don't they have a new coach? Denver didn't they fire their head coach, Vic Fangio. Yeah. So I just think that Vic Fangio wasn't. He had been there a couple of years, right? Yeah. He and. Had, uh, I am mean, Vic Fangio a consultant on the 49ers, and I'm happy to have him back, you know. <laughs> but I don't think he was as bad, and I think the reason they were like 7-9 and nine was because that defense was led by him. Vic Fangio is a defensive mind. I think their offense wasn't as good, and I think that's why if you have Vic Fangio as your head coach, you need a brilliant offensive mind. They bring in Nathaniel Hackett, I think is who's coaching them this year, and yeah. Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive that's mind. It. You got him an offensive quarterback? Uh, just don't see them making the playoffs. I'm going to take the Chiefs coming out of the division, and I think they might be in last place. I think Denver might be in last place. I'll take the Chargers over them, especially if the Chargers get Khalil Mack. Like they're putting it together, uh, they're going all in. They're they're doing the LA thing, realizing that Justin Herbert's on that rookie contract. Go all in, get as many players now, and just get one ring for this Chargers team. Uh, that's what that Khalil Mack trade said to me. And they're going all in, and I think they're going to be really tough. They to are. Read. They also
1: they re-signed uh, Mike Williams to a long-term deal. So smart. They got. They He'll got him. will only get up. better. I would
0: hope. He still got Keenan. He still got Eckler. I feel like they need another good back to balance with Eckler. I just. I like, don't I fe- like Justin
1: Jackson, but like, you know, in, in had, his moments, know, he plays well when Eckler's not in the game. But it's their system produces the for him. one thing
0: that Denver has on them is their running backs. Denver has two solid running backs. I don't know. Is Melvin Gordon locked up, or is he a free agent? I believe he's a
1: free agent, and the official bargaining period for free agency opens on Monday. Even though no deals can be made till Tuesday, Wednesday, Who
0: knows? but
1: uh all the agents can start res- receiving offers for their players on Monday the fourteenth.
0: Great. So maybe he leaves, and it's Javante twenty-four-seven over there.
1: Yeah, and they can draft another guy behind him, and just you know do what Denver's been doing just, for th- decades, like and just I- have two running backs.
0: All these teams need two backs. You want a guy that's like 75-25. And I just feel like the Chargers backs when Eckler wasn't in the game were not as good as you need. They're not. They're not as good out of the backfield uh, I, catching
1: the ball as him. So it like I, it yeah. changes their entire offense because he's such a big part of their
0: passing game. Yeah, so, so get another. Yeah. What do you think they need? Another receiving back so that when he's not in the game, they still have that threat? Or do they need a guy that's like it's fourth and one? I don't know if you're giving it to Eckler is the smartest thing. Yeah, I mean, I like Justin Jackson for that. And they had another guy who I can't
1: remember his name right now who also played well in terms of, like, yards per carry on handoffs. Yeah, Josh um, Kelly.
0: Josh yeah. Kelly.
1: But they, uh, I think Tariq Cohen got released by the Bears. Might so be a good signing Yeah, for them. if you're looking for a guy to just be, like, a spark who can come in and maybe spell Eckler on some of those passing plays, then I like Cohen in that offense. He's got a lot of speed. He's been a good receiving back for a while. Not a bad option.
0: I think they need a, a, a solid give this guy 14 I mean like how many carries was Eckler averaging he wasn't getting that many right? I, mean, he,
1: I think he was the second uh highest scoring fantasy running back so he was definitely he getting was but, but, he,
0: but he was getting catches yeah that's he was why let
1: me see I'll pull it up while we're talking let me see this guy's stats how many carries did he have he had the most in his career last year at 206 so he had 200, 206 for 911 yards 12 touchdowns but he had seven, he get, seventy he catches.
0: Fade towards the end of the year, though. Did he get hurt?
1: He did get hurt late in the season. He was dealing with like just a nagging. I still had an amazing injury. year. He did. Yeah.
0: S- still had a, a Pro Bowl All Star All Star year. But did he break down in one of the longest seasons... or the longest season in NFL history?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, when you're asking him to touch the ball that much in general, I mean, 200 carries plus 70 uh, reception. Yeah, it's the McCaffrey thing. Like these teams, McCaffrey
0: can't make it through it. You're asking too much of this guy.
1: Yeah, and so that's why I'm not all in on the Bills making that move for McCaffrey, although I do like him as a player. I think he'd be a good fit. I think it would be pretty
0: tough to stop you guys.
1: The price for him is going to be so high. I
0: think it's going to go down a little bit. I think it's going to go down a little bit. I mean he, it, like Carolina is ultimately like what is their better, yeah what are they doing? Did they I don't know. I'm hearing they want <laughs> Watson. Yeah, so if they get Watson, then they're definitely keeping McCaffrey. That's a good place
1: to have him out of the spotlight. Uh so uh he by, should be
0: able to control himself in
1: North Carolina. You would hope so. Um Eckler was a, he, 14th he was in total carries, by the way, at 206.
0: 14th. That's pretty that's a lot of carries
1: yeah jonathan taylor had 332 and he was a beast the whole year exactly so watch out for jonathan taylor getting injured this season as he's most likely to be the number one overall pick in fantasy if i have the number one pick i don't see any way i can't take him but oh you
0: have i would not be surprised if he gets hurt this year because of the workload they're going to put on his shoulders depending on who they get at quarterback and it sounds like they might also want watson Yeah, I think I think a lot of teams now that like the legal matters uh, are
1: not going to be on the tip of everybody's tongue. There's going to be a lot more teams that are willing to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, you could conceivably
0: attractive place, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, does Houston even stay with Watson at this point
0: over Davis Mills? They're going to trade him. I think that's relationship is soured. I think if I'm Deshaun Watson, I need new brand. Yeah.
1: Carolina, Seattle, possibly the Raiders, possibly
0: the Steelers.
1: Like he's yeah. got more options than any other quarterback on the market. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And you know what? If he did, I mean, who knows what he did? It, again, it's turned into he said, she said. And there was not enough for a crime. So we have to assume that he didn't break any laws. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. I want Billy Wagner to go to the 49ers, even though we don't really need him. Billy Wagner, the old Astros closer. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Billy Wagner, your boy. That's linebacker. Bobby, Bobby Wagner. Wagner. <laughs> hey, he Billy, Billy like Wagner's got a wicked wave. slider. <laughs> Billy Wagner, great lefty for the Houston Astros. Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, awesome Pro Bowl Hall of Fame middle linebacker for the Seahawks. Not anymore. Yeah. B-Wags, he is rumored to be connected to
1: Dallas right now because Dallas has Dan Quinn, As their defensive coordinator, who was the coordinator for that uh, Legion of Boom team. So there is history there. There's connective tissue there. He's a good fit in Dallas as much as I don't want him to be on Dallas. Um, He's a good fit on Baltimore because he would give Baltimore that Ray Lewis identity in the middle of their defense that they've been missing for a while. So that's a good fit. Uh, Niners would be a good fit, but I don't know if he's going to go straight to a division rival. But when I heard that he wasn't even told by the Seahawks personally that they were going to release him, he may have enough uh, of a chip on his shoulder to go to a division rival. And then there's always the uh, chance that he follows Russ and they go play together in Denver.
0: I also know that he's tight with Richard Sherman.
1: Yeah. Right. And we're Sherman Sherman, trying to recruit him big time.
0: Richard Sherman, after all those, after the years of beating us as the 49ers, but then finally coming to our side and we're coming home, he's a North California boy, you know? He is. And so he came home and he's on our side and he's trying to t- get all those Seahawks over here. I would love to see Bobby Wagner. I don't know. We have a great linebacking core as it is, but I think there's an opportunity to sign him and trade one of the linebackers we have. Um, I guess is what. Who knows? It's about to be a frenzy in both the Major League Baseball and football. I'm about, and I'm here for it. Don't we won't even talk about the Lakers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's not much to talk about other than
0: it's not so good for them. Well, it is not so good for them, but Laker fans should still stick with them. And then I hate. I knew that they, the Lakers media is so, and people and fans are so hard on Westbrook, and I understand why, but. I think it's the guy puts his heart out there every game and puts just effort and maybe he makes some dumb decisions and the way he has this attitude, maybe rubs people the wrong way, but I'm happy he's on our team and it sucks that we don't play defense because I feel like if we played defense, we'd be good. I think that's all it is. And I don't know why we don't play defense. I don't, and I don't know why we miss free throws. I don't know why we don't play defense and I don't know why we miss free throws. These are NBA players. Every game the Lakers lose, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, their free throw disparage, it's usually right there. We have great players. We should be able to make free throws. Sounds like That's a all. discipline issue. Free throws? Is that what it is?
1: I mean, all these guys are pros. I mean, LeBron's never been, like, a great free throw shooter, but he's always been in, like, around the 80% neighborhood. Westbrook's always been over 80. So, I don't know, as a team, I can't answer for anybody that – uh are not the star players that should be making their free throws. But you figure if you're a good player in the NBA and you're a guy who shoots the ball a lot, your free throw percentage should probably be over 80%. What um, do you think LeBron's free throw percentage is? This season, I don't know. I don't watch. I'm going to throw out a number okay, and say yeah.
0: 77%. It says, I think I think I got his career percentage. This is 2022. 2022. Wow. Oh no. 2022. His career is 78%, I think. Yeah, okay, which is that's go. pretty good. Um, and I think right now he's shooting 76%. So he's right there. It's just our team free throw percentage is so bad. Not specifically him.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. I said 77, he's at 76.2. Was right in case. right in line where I mean, dude, yeah, I'd watch LeBron play for 15 years and he's always yeah. shooting about 78%. So it's not a surprise at all.
0: Let's see what we are this year. Free throw percentage, 72%, which I guess is right on par with what we usually... I mean, last year we were 74%, so we're a little worse this year. Where is that in terms
1: of uh, league average?
0: Let's see here. Uh, League team, team leaders in free throw percentage. Philadelphia shoot shooting as number one at 75%. Wow. They go okay. to the free throw line the most also. That's why people think they're going to win the championship. The Lakers are 29th in the league of 30 teams at 72.7%.
1: So that 3% ends up going uh, quite a ways over the course of an entire season. But like you're looking at it, it's like, all right, they're really they're only a couple of percentage
0: points back in free throws, but... But, like, okay, so the best teams in the league, right? There are five teams that are in the 80s. Philadelphia, Uh Boston, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, Brooklyn. The top six are all in the East. Is that interesting? Phoenix, the best team in the West, is 79.6. Denver, 79.1. The Clippers are 11th in the league, 78.5. So that six percentage points between the Clippers and the Lakers... Mm -hmm. that's big it is and i think
1: at least from what i saw like from eastern basketball was there's a little bit more uh of aggressiveness at the rim you've got guys like harden Mm -hmm. over there durant Kyrie, guys that are rim scorers where it's not that the west doesn't have those guys i mean you got guys like john morant but uh for the most part, you have Golden State teams, Phoenix teams, Memphis teams, teams that are a little bit more uh jump-shooting-prone teams, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it's the way they officiate uh, all of the star power that's in the East right now. Our free throw
0: uh, percentage is so bad.
1: What is the disparity in free throw attempts between the Lakers and you said the Sixers were in first? <sighs> Let me see here. This is making for a really entertaining no, I don't, show I do No, I'm not going right to try now. and find that. No, just do it, man. We're already elbow deep in these free throw numbers. You might as well.
0: The people need to know. No, they don't.
1: Yes, they do.
0: Okay, Philadelphia team. You know what it is? It's like I should just be on NBAreference.com. That's where you go for this type of stuff.
1: Yeah and you're looking it up on your phone which is a little bit harder to i can wish sure. open multiple tabs here i could do it myself but i'm thinking no, no, no. you do team, it stats. You brought it up.
0: team stats they're not they don't have the attempts they just have the percentage interesting so they're just going to have to deal oh wait wait no i think i up oh, i got it i'm an idiot the way okay ready okay. the team percent uh, total free throws Oh, they still don't have it. It doesn't matter. It's just percentages. I'm sorry. This, I you can, just cut this part out.
1: Here, I can give you averages per team. How's that? Yeah,
0: that's what. That's what I was. That's what,
1: okay. So Philadelphia averages 19 a game. That's right. And that's the, the most in the league, right? Yeah. And the Lakers average 16.2. Uh, I don't know how many games they've played, so I can't quite take but a look. Still, at every total
0: NBA team's 16 and 19 free throws, like from the top to the bottom, and. You have to make your free throws, and the Lakers just don't. don't those don't are free. Th-
1: those are free throws made, attempted. The oh. Rockets, the Rockets have the most at twenty four point seven, where the Lakers actually are in tenth in attempts at twenty two point three per game, and Phillies in third. Just for reference,
0: so we are the worst free throw shooting percentage team, but we shoot the most free throws. We shoot yeah in top, top ten in terms of attempts, but bottom this three like in terms of percentage.
1: No, that's, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. Coaching, is it still, uh was it
0: Vogel the coach? Yeah. He's got a ring. He's good. He you know what it is? is Frank Vogel's a defensive minded coach. That's why we won the ring in the bubble. And okay, why don't and these they guys, play guys are not? Now?
1: What? Why don't they play defense right now then? Like you said.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It, defense is effort. So is. when I played my defense and I play great defense, it's just focus and effort on defense to where you're just focused on your footwork and you're focused on the ball and you're focused on your man and right now i don't think we have the the horses or you could say the level to be able to play that type of defense right so our lineup and we lost to houston this last game after lebron put up 56 against the warriors and beat them takes a night off we lose and then we play houston and it's in houston and LeBron comes back, he's a little rusty. He's we're dealing with a knee soreness issue. And his shots off and Houston's playing. And at the this kid, Jalen Green had an amazing game. He was elevating. He was big. And at the end of the game, our, our lineup in that game was we had no Davis. LeBron, Westbrook, uh Monk, Mello, and Austin Reeves. And that's the five where he went with pretty much down the stretch. And I love Austin Reeves and Monk on the court together. I think he's found something there. I think those young guys play Reeves is our, one of our best defenders because it's just effort all the time and energy. And when we have those three on the floor Westbrook, Mello, and um, LeBron, they're not, they're, their effort and footwork isn't there every possession, right? And so even after the game, this kid, Jalen Green, who put up 30 points, probably one of his career games in his, in his life, he said after the game that their game plan, I don't know why he said this their game plan was to attack Melo and see what happens with the switch right there because the Lakers the, because the Lakers have to adjust because Melo doesn't move his feet as much as he used to on mm-hmm. defense. He can hit the three and he still has his turnaround. He's still a Hall of Fame basketball player. And I love that he's on our team. But he don't play the defense that he used to. And so teams are verbally, I've already said, they're attacking him and seeing what the switch is because he just doesn't move his feet very well. And Russ is an over-pursuer sometimes, sometimes plays great D with effort, but sometimes makes dumb decisions. I take it. I love Russ. But sometimes makes dumb decisions and goes to a double, which maybe that's the game plan. But that double, the team just moves it to the open guy and it's the NBA and they hit a three. So sometimes that happens with Russ, but they're attacking Melo. And LeBron, he's one of the best defensive players of all time. But I don't think he is putting in the on-man D, moving your foot, work effort on every possession like some of these other young teams players are doing and he doesn't he hasn't probably had to do that his whole career but right now that's what we're missing without Anthony Davis the best defensive player in the league you could argue when he's good we're missing him inside and we're missing our perimeter defense and it's hurting it sucks. LeBron has
1: never been a lockdown
0: perimeter defender. He's always at his best in,
1: in space where he can chase the ball and make plays when that ball is in the air. I
0: would argue he's never been on this bad a defensive team. And well, he's, he's the good. leader,
1: so someone's got to the Bucks got to stop somewhere and if he's like you said one of the greatest defensive players of all time, if that's the case then he needs to hold his team accountable and
0: But raise the they're bar. also it's basketball and they're also asking him to do a lot on both ends of the floor and the dude is doing things on the offensive side of the floor that we've never seen a 37-year-old man do in the NBA. So that's got to take a lot out of you. And I would argue that if I'm I'm 39 And if I was being asked to do as much as LeBron is on offense, it would be tough to get back and play the same type of defense that you need to help this team win. And it's possible to play great team defense and be a leader on the defensive side. It's just not getting through to these players. And I don't know why they can't play defense. And it's for sure.
1: I mean, look, there's only so much energy to go around, you know, in the course of a basketball game, especially when you're going to play 40 plus minutes of a 48 minute game, right? Budgeting your energy has always been a thing. It's the reason why James Harden is typically a bad defender is because he spends his energy on offense and then recoups when he's on defense. Um, But if you're LeBron and you're having to put that much energy in on offense, uh, that's a, a philosophy thing team wise that they're asking him to do that much uh and i mean you generally you generally
0: you've generally seen
1: the idea of like good dominant two-way players go away uh in the nba over the last 20 years like that just is not so much a thing anymore uh the last time i really saw it was maybe Kawhi, but even when he was at the height of his defensive prowess he was not scoring 30 plus points a game ever since he's become a very dominant scorer in the league his defense has gone down he he doesn't typically just like yeah, lock it lock down the guy different. across from him. There's
0: both two way players in this league that are playing good are. enough defense on the opposite side of the ball. uh, Even though you are scoring, but you're right. Usually the biggest scoring stars aren't playing the best. Even if they're getting they're recouping. But if you're it, just if you're an NBA player, are you gonna are you gonna get paid top dollar
1: in the league for your defense or for your offense? Yeah, but you're gonna typically you're gonna, your offense. So I would hope
0: you have the pride of the game that if you're that good, you're putting in both energy and work on both sides of the ball as much you as are, you can.
1: You are, but it's a business at the end of the day. And these guys got to look out for their long-term interests. And, you know, like you said, highlights. You don't see a lot of defensive basketball highlights on. Whatever.
0: Uh, they should just be it, <laughs> it's in, the, it's in the cards when you sign up to play basketball, like at that level, like in my opinion, you are putting out, the. you're getting paid the most money to play a child's game and you're having the most fun of your life. And I know that you, if you try to play a defense as hard, you won't be as, you know, as much breath and how much wind, but you know what? You can do it.
1: They can, of course. I think for me, it's team accountability. Like the teams that are good and that hold each other accountable. There's a reason that like Draymond Green is yelling all the time on the basketball court because he holds his defensive standard very high. Yeah. So when you don't live up to that standard, he's going to let you know about it. Yeah. And it, Love There's a reason that that Golden State team was so good for so long, is because they held each other accountable on the defensive side of the ball. And mm-hmm. as good as they were on offense, their defense won those championships. They were able to take away the paint from bigger teams with smaller lineups. They were. That, that was defense.
0: They were. I agree. Um, I gotta go. I gotta get out. You of
1: gotta here. go. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. I see you just played basketball. So
0: no, I didn't. I just, I, you know, you
1: just like the jersey.
0: Jersey feels nice. It's hot it's hot outside
1: yeah oh my god i played in my rec league again oh i I came back for the two weeks of playoffs we lost in the second round of the playoffs to the number one seed but it's like a team that i haven't played with before and it's like we're not very good but we haven't played together either and are you wearing a mask uh i didn't wear a mask it's supposedly an all vaccinated league so the first game back i played i played for like five minutes um i was just like look i'm here as a body if you need me because you guys have seemingly been short on uh like having a full roster all the time so i'm here if you need me they just you know we were winning comfortably so i went and played for a little bit and like i felt horrible after that five minutes i was like i couldn't stop coughing like i can't Uh, catch my breath so i was like i don't know if i'm sick or what i didn't get sick from the game but like i had just gotten off an airplane like four days before i had tested negative for covid so yeah I didn't think that it was an issue, and then so I started to feel better the next day, and I felt fine. So this most recent Sunday comes around, we go in, I played maybe like seven, eight minutes, and I felt oh my fine my afterwards. So I was good. like, all right, it was just like getting the junk out of my lungs from yeah, having not sure. played in basically two years. That first one's always hard. Oh man, first it was game's rough. always tough. Fred it was rough. Cool.
0: But we'll be back at it soon. So all right, well, hopefully there's a lot of major league signings in the next couple of hours, and I hope Jimmy G gets traded. That's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> yep. Hopefully you get something for him because uh, if that market dries up, then you're stuck with him as the
0: starter again. Well, even if Watson gets. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, we, yeah, we got Well, maybe we cut him. Yeah, you got to save, save the save, roster face, I think. The T's going to make $20 million next year if we don't cut him. So, yeah. Cut them yeah. off. All
1: Sorry, right, Jimmy. Good luck. All right. Take on. care. Thanks, no Halos. Well, that was a bit of a sloppy sign off, but nonetheless, baseball is back. So if you're a baseball fan, rejoice. Until next time. Take care. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help. So if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.